Now, the government does indeed lend money directly. Trust me, I know we did tens of thousands of PPP loans mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, back in 2020 and 2021. So, so they're, they're definitely involved in lending programs. But what people hear, you, you may hear a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people, maybe they're bought a franchise, say that they got a, quote, SBA loan. And there's many, many different types of lending programs that the SBA does. But when they say they got an SBA loan, generally they're referring to a 7A loan program. And the government at this time does not lend directly to that, but they work with lenders like myself, uh, banks, other credit unions, uh, some different community organizations to issue these. Mm -hmm. And they get you get a loan. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Your Value podcast. My name is Andy McDowell. I'm one of your co-hosts and founder of Generate Your Value. Unfortunately, my co-host Zach Levy couldn't couldn't make it to uh, this recording today of uh, this episode, but I'm excited for our episode today because it's an important topic that is necessary for somebody who's looking to start a business, but it's kind of scary at the same time because it's really a huge tool, if you will, that's needed to get a business started. So my guest today is Mr. Mark Ritter. He's the CEO of MBFS, which stands for Member Business Financial Service, based out of uh, Pennsylvania. And he's an expert in all things credit union and small business lending, and, and why I wanted him to come on the show and talk to us about these aspects. In 2002, Mark's members first federal credit union's business lending program as, quote, one person at a desk, unquote, with no policies, products, staff systems, or business members. That program grew to be one of the top 10 in the nation, a number of loans, balances, outstanding, and loan participations for federal credit unions. After 10 years of members, he took on the challenge of being the CEO of a business lending credit union service organization. Mark was the fifth CEO in five years for an organization which lost money every month of his existence. In the past years at MBFS, Mark increased the number of credit unions to company services by over eight times, grew the revenue by 15 times, 
and ensured positive cash flow every four years he's been at the CU, CUSO. More importantly, M- MBFS has helped countless credit union members gain the financing they need for small business and real estate investment needs. He's a native of Berwick, Pennsylvania, went to Penn State. You played football in high school, right? Football in high school and worked for Penn State. Yeah. So State champions. Penn State. Yeah, Nittany Lion. Um, from that perspective, you were there when they converted over to the Big Ten, right? I was there. I was on the field for the first Rose Bowl championship. So. Oh, wow. Wow, that's that's a highlight I wish I had. <laughs> I've been on the Georgia Tech field during the game, but that was my freshman year when they used to allow at Georgia Tech to call the freshman rats and used to have a chant, rats on the field, rats on the field, and they used to let us go on the field to welcome the team onto the field and so forth. And I got that opportunity, but shortly after, I think because of conference rules, they, they weren't able to do it anymore. Freshmen are still rats, but you just don't get some of the perks and benefits it's back in the feel. day. Yeah, and Mark lives in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. I, I know it well. I lived in Westchester, Pennsylvania area for a couple of years in my childhood. Great part of the state, great part of the nation. So, so officially, Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on and helping to educate us on. Thank you. Looking forward to it. I hope the listeners pick up some t- tips that'll help them out. Yeah, so let's start with maybe just a quick rundown of what what are the available options for somebody who's looking to get into to business. Uh, what are the different methods, methodologies, or channels, if you will? Yeah, sure. Take a look at. I lend money for a living. It's what I do. We lend money to businesses to help them grow. And the first thing I always tell people is. Don't borrow money unless you have to. Don't look to build this business off of leverage and grow. Now, there are certain industries and niches where if you want to drive a tractor trailer, and you know most people don't have 125,000 sitting around for a truck, so sometimes you have to finance it. But you know most businesses are you're starting out small, you're starting out by yourself, you're growing it. And really to look to grow your business with cash. And debt should pay for itself. It shouldn't just be a way to survive. And that's what I would always tell people on that first hit, the first go. Don't look to walk into your lender saying, I'd like to start a business. Here you go. Now, Once again, there are appropriate uses of debt where when you borrow that money, it needs to pay for itself. And uh, so you can be debt free and never have to borrow money again in your life. So that's really the path that we like to see people go down of keeping your your leverage ratio low and, uh, and growing your business to be profitable. But in terms of institutions that actually loan um, money to small businesses that would be banks credit Bank. unions the government right i i always like to tell people there's always somebody who will give you money it's just a matter <laughs> if the terms make sense for you right. and and there's always money out there so th- there's a few different segments 
uh, out there. And, and in almost every state, in almost every locality, there are local community organizations that will help you lend money to get you maybe some of that seed money to help you get started. And people really make that first mistake, not on that they're, that they, if you're a chef, I trust that you're going to be able to make good food. If you are a, a woodworker, if you're a woodworker, I trust that you can make your product nice and easy. Where they really, things really can go off the rails is understanding running the business and running your finance and the marketing and HR and all the things that go besides being your craftsman. Just because you're an attorney doesn't mean that you can run, like have, you know, how to run a legal practice. So in a lot of these community and state organizations and small business development centers, not only you really need to focus on the support of how to run the business and how to run your finances and how to run your operations and also look for resources as opposed to just saying, here's money. Because, you know, my job is not, my, my job's easy. I give people money and if they don't pay me back, I take all your stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't want to get to that. There's a lot of really good organizations, the small business development centers and local organizations that will help people with that initial with that initial push. One of the best and friendliest organizations of the federal government, which is an odd thing to say, is the Small Business Administration at the SBA.gov website. They have so many tools in this tools in this country and resources to help people out that it's really an underutilized channel. And you can get a lot of information and resources on guidance to, to help you get started and grow that business or to take your business to the next stage. Now, the government does indeed lend money directly. Trust me, I know we did tens of thousands of PPP loans mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, back in 2020 and 2021. So, so they're, they're definitely involved in lending programs. But what people hear, you, you may hear a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people, maybe they're bought a franchise, say that they got a, quote, SBA loan. And there's many, many different types of lending programs that the SBA does. But when they say they got an SBA loan, generally they're referring to a 7A loan program. And the government at this time does not lend directly to that, but they work with lenders like myself, uh, banks, other credit unions, uh, some different community organizations to issue these. Mm -hmm. And they get you get a loan. And because of the additional risk that's involved, the lender is receiving a guarantee, usually 75, 80, sometimes you see up to 85% of the loan for to help support your business and get it moving. And that is generally you'll see those in a few different situations. If you're acquiring a business, if you're acquiring a franchise, 
if you're growing your business significantly and it's based off of income and projections that aren't currently in place, or maybe if your business is under collateralized, if you're more of a service-oriented business and the business is you, but if you stop running your business, there's not much there. Sometimes you'll see lenders say, okay, we're going to process this as an SBA loan. And and the terms are quite competitive. They're not onerous. They actually will extend out many loans for up to 10 or 15 years to make the payment reasonable. But it's not something, it, it, it's, it's, more, it's more expensive than maybe your traditional loan, but it's very reasonable. And it, it, it used to be getting an SBA loan was an absolute nightmare. But the, like I said, the SBA has really become the friendliest agency in the government, and they're looking to help small businesses out and looking to work with your local lenders. Yeah. So just to be clear, the SBA will loan you if you're a startup and you haven't even opened your doors yet. You've got a business plan, maybe with some initial projections and so forth. Will the SBA give you a loan through a bank? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And now is that more, does that get a little more scrutiny than if you've been in business for a few years and looking to grow? Absolutely. Where you mainly see the pure startup business, I have a business idea and I want to do something and get an SBA loan. Where you mainly see that type of zero, you have zero business now and you want a loan is many people who buy buy into franchises Mm -hmm. will typically get an SBA loan for those. And one of the reasons is it's much easier to project uh, franchise cash flow and valuations and supports than it is. You know, if I if I started a uh, burger chain, first of all, I'm a lousy cook, so nobody would eat there. So, but so that's hard to predict. But if I buy a Five Guys, people generally know, hey, there's a Five Guys. I'll stop and eat, and there's support behind it. So. Well, so, there's, yeah. a, there, there's a there's a proven business model. Most likely, it's not going to be successful as a franchise if it's not a proven business model. There's a brand around it, and so forth, which causes the people to stop and want to eat there because there's some experience and trust with the brand. So I, I could see where that that's an easier sell with the SBA than something that's starting from scratch. You know, yeah, Joe's but- Diner on the corner. The nice part, if you're getting into a franchise situation about the SBA, is that the SBA is fanatical about tracking the success and failure of particular franchises. Mm. And they have an interest because they're on the hook for the guarantee through the lender. So if you come to them with a franchise where 60% of the businesses have failed, and they're saying, I would like a guarantee. They're going to raise questions to you about the success of this franchise right. versus I'll give you one of the most successful and low default franchises are Goddard schools. Maybe you have a Goddard school in your development or your neighborhood and you never realized that was a franchise. That's one of the lowest failure rates. 
So they're, they're more apt to get that, but you'll see plenty of franchises with high failure rates. And if they're not able to do it, they could lead you down a path to tell you why and save you a lot of time and money in the long run. That's one piece that that's important for people to remember is, you know, we give you our product that's money and then we want to get it back. So that's how we make money. We don't make, if, if we're not giving you our product so you can make money, then the whole system collapses. So many times if we say no or yes, but you need to do this, it's to increase the success for both of us. Because, it, you know, there's the old, the old saying, if you owe the bank, uh, you know, $10,000, you're a client. If you owe them a million, you're a partner. Many times these business loans are much, much more money. So you're a partner of the bank and we want to see you succeed. It's, it's no different than, than a business. It's all about risk management. It's about understanding what the risks are, whether it be <clears throat> part of your processes or insurance or financing or anything within a business, you're trying to identify where your risks are and you're trying to mitigate them to reduce your exposure as much as you can. And that's, that's what a lender is doing is it's assessing the risk of lending the money to a particular business or person and maybe asking them to do some things that reduces the risk pushes it over the red line, so to speak, and makes it acceptable in your eyes as a lender. One of the reasons I really love what I do is because for the past 20 years, I've just been involved with credit unions. Mm-hmm. And people sometimes, you know, they drive uh, to the grocery store, they might pass two credit unions, but you don't really know what it is. Whereas in my credit union role, I can have that conversation and get on, I, it's always important to understand the financials of a deal, but it's more important to understand the people behind it and the questions and where where you're at and what you're going. Where in a credit union, we have more flexibility to understand and grow with the business, as opposed to some of the mega regional banks. I, I hate to say it, but you're kind of lending in a box. They put your request in a box, they churn it, and out comes an answer. So, so as a with as a community based credit union, we can we can work with people a little bit more appropriately for a small business. Yeah. So for Coming from a very bureaucratic, large company, largest exporter in the United States, when you have that kind of size of operation, you're putting more and more and more controls around things in order to stay in that box because of just the sheer size and magnitude of an operation you're trying to do. So banks are no different. You know, the major regional banks have got loan requests and putting so many dealing with so many loan requests and processing to provide the service that a credit union does, which is on a much smaller scale scale, would take a lot more manpower and hours to provide the same level of service. And it's just not possible and and make a profit target that they're shooting for from that perspective. So Besides sort of a kid glove, your, your community lender, I'm going to take the time to really know you as a person and your business kind of thing. What other advantages are there to, to doing business with a credit union in this space? 
Sure. Good question. What we tend to find is the deals are more customized as opposed to you have a pro. We have products. Here you go. This is it. You either fit in or you don't. We tend to be able to customize the terms and conditions a little bit more for, for you. We also spend a little bit more time on making the right decision for you and us. It's very easy to go in and meet the decision makers and have a conversation about your loan and about what's happening and the good and bad behind it versus going into Wells Fargo mm-hmm. saying, I'd like to talk to the person who made the decision about my loan. Uh, and credit unions, what, what they are really underneath is they're financial cooperatives. They're not-for-profit institutions. So we can be friendlier on the fee income side, as well as the interest rates and terms. And one thing for a good example is a federal credit union can never charge a prepayment penalty on a loan. We were in a situation back in 2020 where rates plummeted and many people learned about prepayments on loans because you were locked into your higher rate and couldn't take advantage of the lower interest rates in the marketplace at the time. So credit unions can give you flexibility to run your business and grow your business that you may not have with some of the larger super regional or national banks. Yeah, so if I understood you right, with a credit union, let's say I lock in a loan with a specific rate, I'm starting my business. Let's let let's say it's a five year loan. Just picking a number, and you get two years into it, and your your business is really starting to take off. That you could almost literally pay off the loan in two and a half, three years instead of going the full five. If I heard you right, you're saying. If you're doing it with a big box bank or whatever, you may have penalties to do that versus with a credit union, you'd have that luxury and save some interest payments. Exactly right. Or if you get into your business and you decide, I want to sell this business and pay off the loan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it, it's, it's, they're, they're simple interest loans with no prepayment penalty. So you can have that flexibility. Uh, many times people just look at the money when they, the day they get the loan and say, okay, I'm good. But you, you really have to look at how the terms of your financing for a small business give you flexibility for the future. Can they restrict who you're borrowing from and how you're borrowing? In commercial transactions, they very well could. Uh, be, they could limit you being able to go out and get the additional financing that you need to grow your business. There might be prepayment penalties that that lock in. And in in the case of two years ago, those penalties were quite onerous uh, because they're based on the amount of interest that the bank would have received. Whereas in the credit union, people could just go in and refinance at current rates with no penalty whatsoever. It's when when you get a mortgage, when you buy a house, you know you, you get your mortgage. You're you're looking at what's the best deal that I can get today, and that's it. In a small business relationship, you really want to be looking at 
can this lender help me out today? But is this also somebody who can grow with me for the future and will still grow with me? One of the biggest mistakes that we see small businesses make is that they they go online or they see an ad and get these fast cash loans because they need money today or in the next few days and think, I'll get it and pay it back real quick and it won't be a problem. But the terms of some of these real fast, quick online lenders are just so onerous. And what happens is many states have gotten rid of or clamped down on these payday loans for consumers. Well, a lot of these people have transferred to now making small business loans, making the loans to businesses because it's legal and it's a business to business transaction and not as regulated. So when you go online and uh, get one of these fast, quick loans, it really can be a death spiral for your business where you're just working for this borrower and you can never, it's really tough to get out of at times. Well, I would imagine it's analogous to somebody having a a personal credit card and and the credit card company gives you, I don't know, a $20,000 limit and all of a sudden you're pushing that limit and you're monthly payments are getting to a scale that you can't, you can't handle it because of the terms and the interest and so forth that's on that card. The worst part of these business fast cash loans and these business online loans is that your credit card, your personal line of credit, all these consumer transactions are very highly regulated by the government. What they, ha- what they need to disclose, what they have to disclose, what the maximum rates are. In these business loans, there's very little regulation and oversight, and the sky's the limit. Uh, some of them, you're paying the full uh, interest rates up front. You, the, you can get into effective interest rates of 30%, 40%, and there's no stopping any of these loans where, where you don't have the consumer protections that you have for just your day-to-day consumer activities and the regulations. So let's talk about the, uh, the process a little bit. So if, I, if I'm a small business owner or, or, or want to be an owner and I feel like I need some financing to start my business. What work do I need to do ahead of time before I even knock on Mark Ritter's door and say, I got a business I want to start and I need some help in getting it started with a financial tool? Sure. What, what should I be bringing to the table? The first thing to do is to do a little bit of research and understanding the marketplaces. Many times people see lenders and the lending industry as just this homogenous place where one person gives you money and everybody gives you money and it's all the same. Now, money's fungible. It's my dollar spends the same dollar as anybody else. But lenders are very different, particularly when it comes to the business transactions. Some people focus on small business transactions. Many, some lenders just focus on commercial real estate. Some lenders just want doctors and lawyers and high-end professionals. So it's important to understand the credit culture of your institution 
because it's a lot of work to apply for for a business loan. And if you go to somebody, they can and they say no. It can be it's 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 a blow to your ego because they're not mm-hmm. just saying no to you. They're saying no to your dreams and your hopes and your business and where you want to go. But you could just it's not that your business might not be credit worthy. It's that your business you just might be shopping at the wrong store. So yes. yes. So so really understand don't don't look at all these lenders and business lenders and business bankers as the same. They're not. Look for references, look for somebody you can talk to or look for somebody who doesn't have a stake in it. For example, we work with 75 credit unions all throughout uh, the country. Not all of them are equal. Not all of them do the same thing. So we try to match you up with your the person you want best. Talk to your accountant. Talk to other business people in your industry. Talk to your the attorney who helped set up your company. On, on we all hear a lot of the same things, so you can have a good experience, and also just kind of maybe do some checking out their websites and see what they like. Well, I have to imagine that some some lenders have expertise. Uh, working with certain industries because they have a much deeper knowledge of the business, the industry, how it works, their cost structures, all those type things that when you lay down a business plan, they're going to be able to find where the where the issues are going to be with the business. Maybe even give you a little bit of advice to say, you're going to have a difficulty in this area or that area, given your business plan. You may want to sharpen your pencil and go back and work on these things. And if you do so, then we're more likely to loan you some money. Exactly. You know, the best example, the most obvious example in the United States is with agriculture and farming related equipment. Mm. There are lenders at scattered all throughout this country that just deal with farmers and agriculture. And if you're in that industry, you know not to go knock on PNC's door and say, just go to the local branch and say, I'd like a loan for my farm. You know where to go for that specific industry. And mm-hmm. you really have to look at it from the same perspective. The next thing is to be organized and also work with that lender on what they need. If somebody says they need three years financials and a personal financial statement and a debt schedule, get them everything on that list. Because if you get people 90% of what they need on that list, you're going to slow down the process and it's going to look poorly that you either can't produce the numbers or can't produce the documents and information and, and really work with people. You're, you're a good person. You're a good business owner. You know what you're doing. Everybody's a good business person. And every deal, everybody who walks in there and applies for a business loan has a good outlook and knows what they're doing. Remember what that lender's job is to present your loan and organize it in a way that they show they can get paid back. And many times, the more detailed that information is, the more better rates and terms and conditions you can get as a borrower because they're more confident in your they're more confident in your loan. 
the reason these online lenders are charging 40% interest is they're just getting your name, address, and social security number and giving money to everybody who apply. Yeah. Well, once again, I go back to to risk management. The more information that you can supply, the better assessment um, a loan officer can make, understanding all the details. I mean, an analogy that's going through my head is you decide it's time to replace and you have a choice. You can either just drive down to you know your local Toyota dealership and take the word of the salesperson and buy yourself a car and find out three weeks later, it doesn't meet any of your needs because you didn't do any research versus getting as much information as you can on vehicles and what they have to offer and doing a bunch of research, gathering information so that you make a better decision. And although it may be inconvenient, you may have to drive 15 miles down the road, but you go hit a Honda dealership and get really the car that really matches your needs and requirements from that perspective. That's just what comes to mind for me. Yeah. And your business loan, it's a big ticket item when you get a commercial loan or a small Mm -hmm. business loan. So it is it is worth the time, it is worth the research, it is worth the conversation. And remember, you know, I just said that there's not as many rules and restrictions about the small business side, and that's true across the board. When you go in and get a personal loan, <clears throat> there's that huge stack of disclosures you have to sign whether you read them or not. Because people want to make sure that you understand your loan and they're giving you the information to show you're making this because the law assumes that the lender has more information than the borrower and they're in a position of power. When you do these business to business transactions and business lending and commercial financing, the law really assumes that you know what you're doing. So you don't have a lot of these protections and disclosures and and limitations about what they can and can't do. Just for that reason, you're assumed to be somebody who's very knowledgeable. So either if you don't have the time, get somebody and work with somebody who can make sure you're doing things in the best motive for your business Because fast, quick, cheap, and easy, you know, sometimes isn't the best when you find out your your business is really locked in for uh, for a year year or two later. You don't have the flexibility and you're stuck with a bunch of debt. So we've talked about those quick hitting loans. Going after that kind of loan is a mistake that new business owners make. Are there any other major mistakes of that level of caliber that uh, you see out there that people make when it comes so, to financing a business? So the, the, the big one that we always see is lines of credit are great, but properly using a line of credit is very important. Otherwise, you're going to get stuck with a lot of debt that you got to term out and it's going to be a burden for your business. And when I say proper use of a line of credit, what I really mean is that when you borrow money, there should be cash coming in 
that and then that line of credit is paid off and replaced. It's really that cycle of money. You're going to take an advance, you're going to provide a service, you're going to build something, you're going to sell something, you're going to have cash come in and it is crucial that when that cash comes in, you take that and repay the advance on your line of credit and you will you will find yourself much more debt free and debt averse as if your business slows down that debt naturally slows down if your business increases well then you're going to need to make sure you have capacity in your line of credit to keep this cycle of money going so don't get caught up and it's the same thing with your credit cards as well don't get caught up and stuck with a lot of debt that you really have to term out and it's going to be a burden for your business. Use that line of credit as what it's meant to be. And that's a short-term advance on future cash. Let's change the subject a little bit. What's the playing field like today in in this area, in this kind of realm, given the pandemic that started in 2020, the supply chain issues and problems and those types of things? How, How have the events of the world, so to speak, affected the playing field uh, for a small business owner that might be looking for financing? Sure. Is it a good time, a bad time? It, it's a it's a really good time to be out there. Now, what was the crazy thing in my world is back in 2020, when we when when the events of the pandemic first started happening, I was charting out the company, figuring out how we're going to collect all these loans the exact opposite happened. Businesses had, many businesses had their most successful year of ever. And there there was also uh, this thing called the PPP loan and every government program out there and money flooded into people, money flooded into the businesses and they kept going and going and going. 2021, and 2020 were just phenomenal years for the businesses that we're seeing. Now what we're seeing is back to normal. So we are starting to, to the two things that all that are concerning me now in the small business world is access to people. People need people to, to grow their business and build their business. So we're finding more businesses trying to automate their their businesses over hiring people. Because if you can pay a programmer to automate something, they don't complain about how much they make an hour. And then the other piece is that those, as you mentioned, the supply chains issues and the disruptions. We're starting to see that as a real situation, real world, particularly if you buy goods and wholesale goods from overseas. That's where we are really starting to see the biggest impact. Now, in the lending market, in my world, there's a lot of good liquidity out there. There's credit unions in my world. We lend off of deposits when we're lending off of the local deposits in the community. There's plenty of liquidity. There's plenty of money to be pushing out into the community, which is good for everybody. When we're lending today, we want to, 
you know, historically what, what guys like me did is we'd say, give me your last two to three years tax returns. We take those numbers and we'd say, that's what you're going to be doing in the future. When we finance somebody today, we want to know how you're doing today and what the perspectives are like in the future. So we're much more focused on today because we realize when we look at your 2020 numbers, that might not be indicative of where you were or where you're going. And it's both ways. If you were a computer company and sold, did IT work, you had boom years that you'll probably never replicate. The other side of it is if you had a diner in the middle of an urban center that was closed down for almost the entire year, or you just had some takeout, it's probably never going to be that bad. Mm-hmm. So we want to see, we want to kind of normalize these numbers and see where you're at today and understand where you're at today, but also how the impacts of people and your suppliers are, are working with you. And I wish I had some of the answers for those, but you know, I, I'd, I'd probably run for office if I definitely if I had all the the solutions for those. <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> if we could be mind readers, all the things <laughs> that we could accomplish in life, right? Yes. Or had a crystal ball to understand what the future is. I mean, take it from a guy who started the business five months before the pandemic hit. If I had known the pandemic was coming, I may, may have put off plans for that perspective. Anyway, we greatly appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your wisdom with us. Zach and I always end up uh, with one last question of our guests, because we like to understand where our guests come from in, in the topic we focus on on this podcast. And, that, and the question is, what do the words generate your value mean to you? Sure. I am, as you mentioned, my background is I'm a football guy. And I always think of what the generate your value in terms of making an impact. Hmm. And, you know, football coaches are great with slogans. So I got a million of them. But the one that always sticks out to me is make an impact. Make an impact for yourself and grow yourself as a person and make an impact in your community with your business, with your actions, with your words, your deeds, and also make an impact with your family and friends. And that's where I really think if you're working towards those, that's how you generate your value as a person and as a business by really looking to make an impact uh, across yourself, your family, and your community. I, I like how you pulled in not only the business side, but family and friends and and everything else, sort of a 360 look at people's lives from that perspective. So, Mark, what's the best way if somebody had more questions we didn't answer today or might want to look to do business with you or, or a credit union, what's the best way to to reach out and connect with you? Sure. We have a couple different business segments, but the easiest way to check out everything and connect with me is on markritter.com, M-A-R-K-R-I-T-T-E-R.com. We're also very active on LinkedIn. Feel free to send us a message and send us an email. We have phone numbers on there and you can give us a call, email, text, 
whatever you like. And then if we don't have a credit union in your community, we will certainly set you up with one to and, and make an introduction to people who can help your business. Very good. Well, once again, I appreciate your, your, your time and coming on the show. For the listening audience, thank you so much for taking time out of your life and your day to come spend with us. Hopefully, uh, you got some nuggets out of this, particularly starting a business or you're a couple of years in the business and you're looking to grow and need that all-important tool called dollars or capital to keep your momentum going in, in your flywheel, as I like to call it, and getting your business started. If you did get something out of this, please share it with others so that they might get some uh, nuggets out of this conversation as well. Hit that subscribe button uh, so you don't miss an episode as we uh, continue to bring you guests like Mark onto the show in the hopes that through the combination of all the shows that we do, you you get the knowledge that you need to be to grow and, and be successful as a as a business owner. So that being said, have a great day, have a week, a uh, great week, and we'll see you next time, next Tuesday on the Generate Your Value podcast. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Thank you.